Uh, hey, glad you guys are here. I'm going to uh, get a little bit more comfortable. How's that? Uh, happy Mother's Day to you all. You know what I'm going to do? I would love to ask for the uh, moms as we celebrate you today, would you stand where you are, please? Moms, stand where you are. Stand where you are. Happy Mother's Day to you. Now stay standing, stay standing. We would love to pray for you this morning. So if you are next to your mom or if there's a, a mom that you know near you, you can just extend out a hand and we're going to pray for moms this morning. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we are thankful today for moms. We know this is a, a job that often goes um, without thanks. And so we enjoy the opportunity today to acknowledge them. Father, we pray that you'd bless them, bless the moms in this room. Father, we pray that they would know today that they are loved by their God, they're loved by their church, and they are loved by their families. Father, I also know that today can be a very painful day for some. Perhaps this is a, a first Mother's Day without mom, and it's just so different, and it's hard. We pray that you would bring compassion on those who are hurting. God, I know there are some in this room who are desiring to be moms, and this is a very hard day. And so pray, God, that you would uh, bless them and meet them in their time of need as well. God, would you bring compassion here into this room as we talk about that this morning, as we talked about that character of Christ. Would you come and move in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please have a seat. Thanks. If you are new with us, we are in a series that we're looking at all year long called The Whole Shebang, Part 2. And what we're doing is we're looking at God's overall story, the overall uh, grand uh, shebang story of God. And what we're doing is we're looking, looking at different characters throughout this story and uh, looking at how God would use those characters to have an impact on us, to have an impact on our character. And what we're doing right now is we're in a section called The Messiah, and we're looking at the character traits of Jesus. Jesus is the three-dimensional model of what the ultimate character is to look like. And so we're looking at five different character traits of Jesus. Last week we launched into that by looking at his boldness, that Jesus was a bold dude. And what we uh, talked about is the fact that boldness is being able to move forward without being uh, held back by what everyone thinks around us, trying to please everyone around us. Also, the fact that boldness is not about judging other people and being bold enough to do that. It's about being bold, defending people, defending that which is important to the heart of God. So today what we're doing is we're kind of looking at the other side of that coin. If, if boldness is on one side of the coin, then the other side of that coin that balances it out is compassion. And that's the character trait of Jesus that we're looking at today. Many child uh, experts, child psychologists would say that in the development of children, there are two things that must be there. Children have a need to explore and they have a need to feel safe. 
They have a need to explore. That's what we talked about last week. That's the boldness, the courage, stepping forward, uh, trying things, uh, uh, putting things into their mouths, and, oh, this is a dog bone. What would this taste like? And Lego and slobbering over everything. I mean, that's a, an essential part of the development of the, of the brain and the body of a, of a child. But equal to that is the need for Uh, safety is the need to be safe and that's the other side of the coin that's the compassion piece that as they go out and explore their world when they get afraid or when things don't go well they need to know that there's a place where they can be loved where they can experience compassion where they can be safe and so if you think about the household with a mom and a dad which parent would most typically or stereotypically be connected to the boldness, dangerous side of the coin. It's often the dad. And then which parent is often more connected stereotypically to the compassion, love, safe side of the coin? That's going to be mom. And so today as we celebrate Mother's Day, we are are elevating this character trait of compassion that is so wonderfully and uh, innately a part of Being a mom. But I want to remember as we launch into this, this is not just limited to women. It's not just limited to mothers. That These characteristics of Jesus, in the same way that boldness is not just for a certain group of people, compassion is for all of us, something that all of us are to dig into, jump into. And so as we go into this, I want to look at a story that's found in the book of Mark in the New Testament. We were in Mark last week. We're going to be in there again, Mark chapter 6. The New Testament begins with the Gospels, which are the stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're four different versions of the story of the Messiah. And each of the four versions are different, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are only three events in the stories found in the Gospels that are found in all four Gospels, only three. One of them is... The story that we looked at last week in the cleansing of the temple where Jesus boldly walks in and flips over the tables and he gets gets angry with what he's seeing in the temple that's supposed to be a sacred place. A second event that is found in all four Gospels is the death and the burial of Jesus. And the third one, which was a surprise to me actually, the third event found in all four Gospels is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And uh, so that's what we find. That's the story we're looking at in Mark chapter 6. Turn with me there, if you will. What we're going to do is, is look at what God has to say to us about this characteristic that Jesus had of compassion, beginning in verse 30. Mark 6, verse 30. I'm going to read through the story. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Let me pause there for just a moment. They're described as sheep without a shepherd. These, these sheep that, that, these persons that Jesus has compassion with, they want to be led. 
They want to be uh, directed. They see Jesus and they say, you have a way for me to live life that is different than what I'm doing right now. I want a piece of that. I want to know what that is. I want to experience that. Let me keep reading, verse 35. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? What we find here is is kind of the parental roles represented by Jesus and the disciples. Jesus is, is kind of the mothering one, the one who is showing compassion, demonstrating this character trait of compassion. He's kind of the mom. And the disciples are kind of like the dad. You can tell because their first concern is, do you know how much that's going to cost? That's, that's their concern. That's their first comment that they make here, that moms and dads are different. Sometimes I will be the one responsible for taking care of the kids, and then my wife, Tammy, will come home, and she'll say, uh, so what did you guys have for lunch? And there's been more than one time where I say, oh, lunch. Yeah, I forgot about, I forgot about lunch. We were playing on the trampoline, and time just, I just kind of forgot. <laughs> See, what I've learned from that is that moms, moms don't, Forget about lunch. I mean, moms are just, they just kind of have this thing. Very rarely is a mom going to do that. Dads, very possible. Very possible to uh, skip over the lunch. There's a difference. Let me keep on reading. Verse 38. How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Have you ever noticed that part of the story, if you've looked at this before? I love the picture there, that these people who are hungry, they're not clamoring over one another and fighting over one another, saying, give me some of that. No, you got more than me. It's an orderly setup. They are sitting in groups of 50s and 100s. Our God is an orderly God. He is not a God of chaos. He is not a God of confusion. He is an orderly God. It's, I think it's one of the reasons why I and many of us here, as we have looked into some, some ways that we can impact others around the world, that we've embraced this organization called Feed My Starving Children, that we love the compassion of saying we want to make a difference in terms of starving children around the world, and let's connect with an organization that is smart and orderly in terms of how they're doing it. I think that's consistent with the with the story and the character of God. Let me finish this out, verse 41. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. That's a great story. The number of men who ate were 5,000, including women and children. There was a whole lot more that were taken care of here in this story. And one of the things that, that you know, I think pops out at the end of the story is that there was plenty to go around. There was plenty. We don't have to live in scarcity in terms of God's provision, in terms of God's blessing. That if somebody you know or care about who's near you is being blessed by God, we never have to think, oh, I don't want that to happen because then there might not be enough blessing left over for me. 
We don't have to be jealous about God blessing someone near you because there's plenty to go around. In fact, there's even leftovers, as this story makes very, very clear. Now, out of this story, I think there's two things that I, that I want to pull out that I want to talk about with regard to the compassion that Jesus had and what we can learn about compassion. And those two things are kind of caught in what I've titled this message this morning, Catch and Release. And I want to talk about what those two things are, how compassion requires us to catch and release. First of all, I want to talk about what it means to catch. The compassion requires us to catch those in need, to be involved with those in need. That compassion is not just about feeling sorry for somebody, having a distant feeling, having a tear when you watch a commercial on TV. But compassion requires action. It requires us to be involved. The word actually means, compassion, the word actually means to suffer with. Compassion, suffer with, that we are to be with people. We are to be engaged and impacted and touched by people as we show compassion for others. Here in this story, Jesus was, was in need. He was, uh, he was tired. It says in verse 31, Jesus says, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He was in need, but if you remember from the story, when he goes somewhere, the people all found out where he went, and they all kind of gathered around, and there was a big crowd, and he didn't get the opportunity to take a rest, neither did his disciples. He didn't get the opportunity that he wanted, that he needed in that moment to take a rest. How many of you moms can relate to that kind of situation? where you just want a break, you, want, you just want 10 minutes to yourself, you've got that warm bath that is ready to go, you've set it all up, or you're finally ready to watch the Nate Burka show that you, that you recorded on TiVo, finally you get the opportunity to jump into that, or whatever the, the, the journey might be, and then you hear those little rap on the door, Mom! Mom! Billy's spitting on my arm! Mom! I got something stuck up my nose, mom, they're hitting me, mom, I don't like my clothes, mom, where's my lightsaber, whatever the thing might be. There's just all these things that get in the way of this little moment that you want, and it's in those moments, moms and dads, but it's in those moments where our character is tested, when we so want that break. Jesus, in that moment, says in verse 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, Knock, 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 knock. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. The Old Testament describes God as being compassionate, and the Hebrew word for compassionate is raham, which is the same as the word for womb. Pretty interesting. The same word for compassionate is the word for womb. In other words, in the same way that sheep are completely dependent on the shepherd, that Jesus had compassion on these because they, they were like sheep without a shepherd. In the same way that sheep is completely dependent on the shepherd, which way do I go? How am I supposed to do this? That a baby in a womb is completely dependent on mom. Where mom goes, that's where the baby goes. What mom eats, that's what the baby eats. 
that compassion is not about a reciprocal relationship. Compassion doesn't expect something equal in return. That's a part of being a parent. It's part of being a mom is that there's so much that you give, you give, you give, and it doesn't get returned. Compassion is about giving in an unequal way. And that's what, that's what makes it so difficult, but what makes it also so Christ-like to be able to, to be able to, to experience that. And so often, moms, women, are blessed with the ability to do this. You may have remembered a story a few years back about a softball team, a women's softball team in Oregon. And the story was about a senior who was on that softball team, and she had been playing softball through high school and through college, and she had never hit a home run, never. Never in her softball experience had she hit a home run. This is one of the last games of her career, if you will, because she was a senior, last games of the season, and their team was down by two, and they had two runners on base, and she was up to bat, easy out. And she gets up, and she cranks the ball for her first ever home run. And she runs towards first base, and she doesn't touch the base. And everyone tells her, you got to go back. you got to go back and touch the base. She's so excited. And so she turns around real quick to go back to first base. And when she turns around, she blows out her knee. I mean, just completely blows out her knee, and she's on the ground. She can't move. And she's crawling to first base to try to touch it. She's like the Terminator. She's just crawling to get over to first base. There's no way this girl's going to make it around the bases. And the dilemma is that she could, in that moment, if she's helped by any of her teammates, she's out. If she gets touched, helped by any of her teammates, she's out. One option that she has is to get a pinch runner. But if somebody comes in to take her place, then she won't get credited for the home run. And that person will have to stay on first base. They'll only get a single out of it. They won't get the extra run that they need in order to win the game. This was her dilemma. And so what happens is two players from the opposing team, they, uh, they say to the ump, I know her team can't help her, but is it against the rules for us to help her? You may have seen this picture before, but these are two players from the opposing team who pick her up, tap her on first base, take her to second base, tap her down on second base, take her to third base, tap her down, and bring her home all the way around. See, this is a beautiful picture of compassion. The team in white, as a result of their loss, they ended up not making the playoffs that year. In other words, this wasn't just, ah, who cares? This game mattered, and this, these women on this other team, they showed compassion sacrificially by saying, this is the right thing to do here in this moment. And they got national coverage for this. Just an amazing, great sportsman story. This is a picture of compassion. Now, what's really interesting, take a look at this picture here. You notice something about these three. None of them are men. <laughs> if you look closely, you find out none of them. See, if this was guys playing a sport, this picture wouldn't have happened. See, guys would look down and say, man, that sure looks like it hurts. 
Wow, the way the bone is sticking out like that. Wow, that's kind of, man, sucks to be you. Yeah, all right, let's play ball, play ball, let's go. The guys would not have that experience there. Women are blessed, mothers are blessed with this ability to be compassionate. And it's a beautiful thing, but let me remind you, we're not, we don't have an out in terms of this character issue. We are all, in the same way that we are all to be bold as we live life, we are all to be compassionate as well. Not just moms, not just women, not just parents. We are all to embrace this character trait of Jesus. So I, I, what I want to talk about is that, that now that's catch, and then it's it, the concept this morning is catch and release. And what I was hoping to do was find some kind of image or icon to represent catch and release, something to put in your mind that would help you connect, like a picture that is connected to the concept of catch and release. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Goodness, this is so embarrassing. I had no idea he was going to do that. This is so, I might have to explain this uh, to some here. Last year, I, I was fishing in Cabo, and I, and I caught a, a fish. I can't, I can't remember if I shared this with you uh, at all last year, any time, or, or even repeatedly, if I had shared this story, but... Uh, I caught a 480-pound uh, blue marlin, and uh, it, was, uh, it was about, well, it was exactly this long, actually. Yeah, it was 11 feet long, and, uh, and I'd never uh, fished or caught anything before, and so uh, I was told that having a record of 480 pounds per catch is pretty high. I don't know. I just kind of embrace that. But uh, again, I'm not exactly sure if I had shared this story with you last year, but one thing uh, that I... I know I did not share with you was what happened to my wife during this trip. So maybe if I did share it, maybe I was focused a little bit on myself. Uh, but my wife, uh, she caught something as well. We have a picture of what she caught here. She caught a 50-pound striped marlin, which is a pretty beautiful, amazing fish. She did this all by herself. Awesome. Awesome. And the deal with her is that she caught it and then we took the picture, and then we released the fish, right? Because that's what you're supposed to do. It's catch and release. You can't see it, but on this fisherman to the right, he's got on his arm, uh, uh, fish him and release him. That's the whole point. Catch and, re catch and release. That's the whole point. Now, with my fish, it was almost a three-hour journey fighting with this fish. And so after that, um, I was almost dead. And so uh, the fish really didn't have much of a chance. I mean, after that much of a journey, the fish was just... Was, was just dead. The fish had died. So we had to pull the fish in, bring the fish in, into the shore. Again, the, the intent, the plan was, was catch and release. But the beautiful thing is that uh, no part of the fish was wasted. There were, uh, you know, those uh, in Cabo uh, ate and enjoyed you know, every part of that fish. But I have to be honest that when I realized that this beautiful fish that I had been fighting with, it was, it was jumping out of the water and just these amazing images in my head that I'll never forget, I was, I was actually pretty sad to find out after a while that it had, that it had died. That, that, that's not what I had wanted. I, 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 this fish was pretty magnificent, and I would have preferred to let, to let the thing go. Now, setting aside the fishing metaphor and just kind of going back to compassion being, being the idea that we are to catch and release, the point is, with regard to compassion, is to catch and release, not catch and hold and coddle and coddle, 
and coddle. The purpose of the womb is to develop a baby so that that baby can be released into the world. That we are to catch and love and help others and then we are to release. I want to tell you what, what I think that means. I, I love this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. I've looked at this story uh, many times, read it uh, many times as have many of you. But there's a part in it that popped out for me that I think is hugely significant. The verse that I was focusing on is the one where the word compassion is used. It says that Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. Okay, so my question is then, how did Jesus do compassion? If this is an experience where Jesus has compassion on others, what did he do? What did that look like? What can we learn from what Jesus decided to do when he wanted to show compassion to others? If you have your Bibles, look at the next sentence. It says, So he began teaching them many things. Jesus showed compassion to this group of people by teaching them many things. I don't think this story is about Jesus feeding 5,000 people. I think this story, I think Jesus fed the 5,000 because he wanted to keep them there so that they could continue on with the teaching that was going on that they did not have to be dispersed. Because this is a story about Jesus showing compassion to this large group of people by teaching them something, by pouring into them. That's how we release people well, is we pour into them, we teach into them. Look at our strategies, think about our strategies for outreach that Lori just talked about. Would you rather us, in terms of global outreach, connect with pilots who are going to go around and fly over and drop food off for groups of people who look impoverished and then just kind of drop some food off to people who might be in need? Or would you rather be connected with, with people who go in and develop relationships with groups of people around the world, to teach them how to grow their own food and take care of their own of themselves better, to teach them about the world-changing news of Jesus Christ. Which would you rather be connected with? What about local outreach? Would you prefer us to just continue to um, give food and clothes to people over and over again? Or is there a value to teaching people how to write resumes and interview well so that they can get jobs and they can take care of themselves? Teaching is an essential part of showing compassion to others. Think about your parenting strategies. Is it just our job as parents to raise our kids and to, to, to discipline them and correct them when they make mistakes? Or is it our job to teach them? When you release your kids or when you have released your kids, do you want them outside of being caught by you after they've been released? Do you want them to think things like, well, I'm not supposed to tell her to shut up because that'll make my dad mad? Or do you want them to think things like, I'm supposed to show love and respect for other people? So I am going to listen to this person's point of view. Maybe I can learn something. See, one is someone who's been just corrected. The other is someone who has been taught. 
Our job as parents is not just to redirect our kids when they make mistakes or when they annoy us. It's our job to teach them, to coach them, and release them with what they need in order to take the next steps. I think this is a very appropriate moment to say kudos to our teachers, the ones who do this for a profession. This is Teacher Appreciation Week, and we have some amazing teachers in this community, in our schools, here in this church, who are just transforming kids' lives. We celebrated in, in, the, in the first service this morning. I noticed in the newspaper that, uh, that the Arizona State had, had uh, chosen as the principal of the year Anna Battle, who is at DV, who sat right here in the first service. That's awesome. She sat right here and got all embarrassed in the first service while we celebrated her. Teachers, you understand that your job is not just to take care of kids for the day, that you are pouring into the kids. You are teaching them. You are preparing them for the next phase to release them into the next grade, to release them to high school, to release them to go off to college. That's the role of, that, that's the role of compassion in terms of releasing them well. Now, there's a flip side to this, that if Jesus shows compassion by teaching this crowd, he shows compassion by teaching them, then if we want to receive compassion from God or from others, then I think it's important for us to be teachable. It's important for us to be willing. If we want compassion from others, it's important for us to be willing to change, to make differences in our lives so that things are different a year from now than they are today because we were willing to learn something. And that's my hope as we continue to go through the whole shebang here for the rest of the year and look at a number of different characters that are con characteristics that are connected to the heart of God that we would all be teachable in terms of what the Word has to say to us in terms of these character issues. Are we, if you will, um, compassionable? Are we, are we able to receive compassion by receiving the teaching and the love from those that we're doing life with? Are we teachable? So I want to wrap up today just, just once again saying kudos to our teachers and saying thanks to you moms. Thanks, moms, for showing compassion even when you don't feel like it. Because it happens all the time. Thanks, moms, maybe for you to reflect on, on uh, when you were growing up and all the times that your mom showed compassion when she didn't feel like it and what kind of a release and an impact that's made on your life. So may we... Today, as we celebrate Mother's Day, may we embrace this incredible characteristic of showing compassion. May we be willing to catch those who are in need, to carry them if needed, to suffer with those who are in need. In times, there are times where that is sacrificial for us in terms of our time or our finances. That's a part of catching and showing compassion in that way. May we also Show compassion by releasing others, by teaching them so that they can step into the next phase of life and do it 
better as a result of what they've been taught or coached or encouraged by you. So they can make better decisions because you didn't just catch and take care of them and then release them to continue to make the same mistakes that they're making, but you've released them by teaching them so they can go on to teach others. And we get stronger overall as a result. Let's be compassionate. Would you pray with me as I close? Father, today, um, I want to thank you for your compassion that you uh, so graciously and generously love us, that you catch us when we fall, that you continue to relentlessly catch us. We stumble again and again and again, and you catch us, and you carry us when we need to be carried. In those darkest days, you carry us, God. We thank you. We thank you, Father, that you, you then release us so that we can be a part of your story, that we can have a significant role in the whole shebang. We are released to do ministry in meaningful ways. God, we also thank, thank you once again for the, for the compassion that you've put in moms. Once again, Father, we pray that you would bless them, that we would uh, think back on the compassion we received from our moms. We would celebrate that today. And God, I pray that you would inspire us to show compassion to others at work, in our family, those people who, who require extra grace. God, that we would show compassion in ways that reflect and resemble the character of your son, Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.